Hello, hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Kayla Rosser, and this week my guest is Kristen Cipriano. She is a money awakening mentor and a business mindset coach who helps CEOs develop their wealth identity and expand their income and impact. She specializes in the subtle energies of money, manifestation, and business and helps clients end unconscious cycles of sabotage or failure. Everybody, please welcome Kristen. Hi. <laughs> oh my gosh. I met Kristen at an event. We're also in a mastermind together and we just connected so much and we didn't even know how much we had in common, um, but we do. It's like almost like our lives are like eerily the same, but not so much. Yeah, <laughs> but totally. You guys are going to love this episode because we're going to talk money, 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 lots of money. And it's a different view. I even got chills just singing that because we think of money. And especially if you grew up in a household with like religious background, people used to say money is the root of all evil. And they always think like people with lots of money are like awful and bad people. I mean, there's even this whole thing going on with like eat the rich, right? But really, we all need money to live in this world. We need money to pay our bills, to live in a house, to drive a car, to put gas in our car, to eat, to have medical attention. Money is what we all need. And we need to have a better relationship with money, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Kristen, tell us about your fearless journey. Let's talk about way back. How did this all begin for you? Yeah. So I'm actually going to take it way, 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 way back. We're going to go back to my childhood because that's often where our relationship with money starts, right? Like it doesn't start the first time you get a job. It starts when you're unconscious and you're an infant baby and there's fear energy in your household because mom and dad don't think they're going to make rent that month or whatever the, the money story is from your lineage, right? So for me, I actually come from a very privileged background and my parents always had access to wealth to my knowledge when I was growing up. However, my relationship with money was very much associated with my ability to prove my worthiness Mm -hmm. because a lot of the ways my parents parented me, and of course I've forgiven them for this now because Mm -hmm. they didn't know any better at the time, right? But a lot of the ways they parented me, it was putting me in this position where like, I had to get the straight A's and that was just expected. And I had to be well-behaved in school and that was just expected. And I had to be at the top of my class and that was just expected. So the expectations for me from a very young age were very, very high. And other things that we experience when we think about our relationship with money, like being rewarded for our service in the world, right? I didn't necessarily experience that from my parents. So whenever I would get straight A's, it was like, oh yeah, that's just what you're supposed to do. And so there was never this like internal sense of satisfaction of like, oh, I did a good job or like, oh, I am being rewarded for this service that I did through my schoolwork, right? Yes. And so I developed a really unhealthy relationship with money where I would have to basically overgive of myself and prove myself to be worthy of it. But if you know anything about money dynamics, that's like a vicious cycle because Mm -hmm. from that state of energy, you're already coming from a state of lack, right? Like 
if I'm trying to prove myself, that means I think I'm lacking something. Mm -hmm. And so I got trapped in that state of lack when I first started my business. And it's been the process of dismantling that pattern within myself. But I noticed so many things happening in my business that had nothing to do with the strategy I was using right? Like a lot of times when we have problems in business, we think, oh, I have the wrong strategy or I need a better strategy. Or maybe it's the algorithm that just hates (laughs) me. Or maybe I need a new audience. Or maybe I should start TikTok instead of Instagram, right? Like we kind of like look outside of ourselves for these solutions. And I did that for a really long time. But then, and I love this quote, I forget who said this, but there's this quote that goes, wherever you go, there you are. Have you heard that one before? No, but I love that one. So I would like look to these external things in my business and wherever I would go to try to fix the problem, there I was again, which was the problem, right? Like this this idea that I was lacking something was the actual problem, not the actions I was taking in my business. Yeah, it's I say that to my clients all the time. It's like when you look at all of your life, the denominating factor is you. So you could shame and blame and and point the finger, you know, your parents, your, you know, the people who raised you, all these things, but the denominating factor is you and the only person you can change is you. And I also love that you said, like, you know, I started to look on the outside to see how I could fix my business. And it always goes back to your inner world reflects your outer world. And I love that you said, um, you know, I had to go back to my consciousness of what I was told about money. Like, I didn't grow up with parents who had a lot of money. So I always lived in lack and scarcity. And, you know, the storyline growing up is like, it's going to be hard to make money. And you're always going to live paycheck to paycheck. And money is hard to come by. And and my dad's favorite saying was always like, as long as I have a roof over my head, and food in my belly and a place to lay my head, then I am okay. But it's like, I wanted more than that. And wanting more than that seemed evil or selfish or just awful, you know, and it's like, but and now, in my business, when I want to raise my prices, or I want to ask for more, I have that, that guilt in me that's like, am I being selfish? Am I being like rude? Or, you know, what is greedy? But then you think about it, we come from an infinite source an infinite abundance. And when you take a piece of that pie, it's like taking a little droplet out of the ocean, there's plenty more to go around, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I I fully resonate with what you're saying about the fear when you start to raise your prices or when you desire more in your business, because especially as heart-centered entrepreneurs, I think we have this tendency to want to help everyone and to even the the unconscious pattern to want to save everyone, right? Like we want to rescue people from their problems because whatever our problems were that led us to these service-oriented businesses, we know how painful they were, right? Like we get the struggle, we get the suffering. And so there can be this tendency to want to save people from themselves. But unfortunately, the laws of the universe say we can't even do that. And so we have to find a way to make peace with the fact that we have to leave some people behind. And this is actually a shift that I made with one of my clients that 
allowed her to raise her prices for one-on-one coaching to $10,000. No one was buying it at first. And it was because she was in that state of like feeling like she had to save people. Right. And she was getting all these messages of like, I can't afford that. That's crazy. Like there's no way I would ever be able to pay that. And she came to me and I was like, it seems like you're afraid of leaving these people behind. Like you've built this beautiful community and you've served them in these lower ticket ways up until now, but this isn't for everyone, right? Like we have to recognize some of those higher ticket programs are not for everyone and they're not supposed to be for everyone because not everyone of course will be able to afford it, but also not everyone's ready for it. And I think sometimes we want people to be ready for it before they actually are. And that's when, when we get those, I can't afford it messages. But when we are comfortable with not being able to help everyone in every single offer and really focusing on those dream soulmate clients who are willing to meet us at that higher standard now we become a match for them. Yes. So what would you do? What would you say to someone who is dealing with like the unconscious belief that money is hard to come by? How would you start the journey of healing your relationship with money? Hmm. Yeah. Money is hard to come by. So I would trace that back. And I I do a lot of my work internally in the body, just when I'm working with myself, but also when I'm working with clients, I sense into their system and I notice what's coming up in their system in terms of maybe an emotional reaction or some sort of uh, sensation in the body. And I'm able to track that energetically. So if if I were um, encouraging someone to dig deeper into this belief, I would you know, have them like say it out loud and then kind of like close their eyes and drop into their body a little bit and take a couple breaths. And you could just say the belief out loud, money is hard to come by. And then I would listen or feel for a sensation in the body. Mm. And it might feel like a racing heartbeat or it might feel like (laughs) a lurch in your stomach or it might feel like your whole body tenses up and like you're holding everything together, right? Like you'll notice the body will shift when you say a belief that feels very triggering to you. Mm -hmm. And then from that state, you can then sit with yourself and be with yourself and explore when was the last time I felt this way? Or when do I remember feeling this way? Or what emotion does this feeling remind me of? And oftentimes you'll get a word like fear or uh, anger, right? I had a lot of money beliefs associated with anger. And that's coming from my childhood where money was available. Like it's not that <laughs> money wasn't available, but I was never allowed to have it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so like, it was kind of a, uh, am I allowed to curse? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a mind fuck as like, you know, a seven-year-old child, like I had the biggest house of all my friends. And like, that's something you witness as a child. But like, I didn't get an allowance and my friends got an allowance. And like, anytime I wanted to like buy the cute shirt at limited two, my mom said, no, you don't need that. Right. So like in my world, money was available, but never to me. Right. Like money was abundant, but not for me. So I had a lot of anger, uh, emotions around my money. Yeah. Probably a lot of confusion too. Like, I don't get it. We have this huge house yet. We can't afford a t-shirt limited too. Right. Exactly. And we all have stories like that, whether you came from wealth or you did not right? Like mm-hmm. we all have those experiences and they're often like super like innocent experiences from childhood where again, you want to 
wanted the the silly t-shirt from limited to or whatever Abercrombie and mom or dad said no and it made you feel a certain way right yeah. or maybe you had unlimited access to whatever you wanted but you got no attention from your parents and mm. so with that money wound it's like okay money is abundant but love is not so I don't want money Ooh. I would rather have love yeah Oh my gosh. It, it reminds me of this article that I read where it's like, you find out how many times you were told no, when you were little, you know, like, no, you can't have that. No, you can't versus how many times you were told yes. And that really does have an effect on you when you get older, because you just stopped asking, you stop asking because you know, that someone's going to tell you no. And so, and it, and it happens to us, even in ourselves where I'm working with clients and I'm, you know, creating their vision boards with them. And I'm like, okay, how much do you want to make, you know, put that number out there. And they always go with like really small numbers because they're afraid to ask because they're afraid to be told no, because how many times did they get told no growing up? Yeah. But I also love how you said, you know, um, your parents had the money, but were, didn't give it to you. And it's kind of like a hard thing because because, you know, people who have money, like my husband, it's like, at first, I remember his kids would ask for something, and he just would didn't even like think twice, you know, and just would give it to them, give it to them. And like, I had the idea of like, well, they need to do something for it, like they need to take the trash out, or need, they need to make their bed, like, I wanted to have them do chores for the money. But then like I read that article being told no or being told that you have to do something to get the money yeah. gives them this idea that money is hard to come by and you have to do something in order to receive it. If you have the money and the child is actually a good child, it's not like he's like disrespectful, like some videos where you see the kid like being so rude to their parents and just disrespectful. My stepson's are the most amazing kids and they're so well respected. They're so well mannered. And, you know, they didn't do any of the things that I did when I was in high school, like, you know, yeah. so it's like, why don't just, why don't you just give it to them with a loving yes, Yeah. you know, because you have it. Obviously there's a point where like overspoiling the child, but I think that every child is different. You know what I mean? And I think that we shouldn't have these blanket rules for every single child. You know, you're, I know you're trying to teach them about money, but you also have to teach them not to be afraid of money yeah. or afraid that money is hard to come by. Yeah. Well, and I had a big fear of like the, the no felt like embarrassment, right. Or the no felt like I was in trouble for even asking, right. Like I had yeah. this big, um, I had anger, but then I also had a lot of like fear and like terror because, you know, there were some times in my childhood where my parents didn't grow up wealthy. They became wealthy over time in their adulthood. And so they would reflect back on their experiences and talk about how hard they had it growing up and literally make me feel guilty. But I was like a six-year-old child or like a 10-year-old child, right? So like, you're like a child and you're like feeling guilty that you have abundance that was just mm -hmm. given to you as your birthright. And then at the same time, that abundance, they're saying, no, you can't have that. How dare you want that? Because I didn't have that. And it just can create a lot of generational trauma, no matter yes. what your background is. And the thing with the thing with money and the thing with money trauma is that is in your body, right? So a lot of times we talk about money mindset, right? Like, what are your beliefs? What do you believe about money? What do you think about money? And these are like, 
a really beautiful thing to start to open up your consciousness to new possibilities. But I find most people have a lot more baggage in their body when it comes to money, right? Like that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm in trouble if I spent money Mm -hmm. or that feeling of like anxiety when you look at your bank account. Those are somatic feelings in your body. Those are not associated with beliefs. Those are associated with deeper emotional experiences such as trauma. Yeah. And it could also go both ways. I think a lot the biggest conversation too that people don't understand, if you don't heal that relationship you have and the trauma you have with money, when you come into money, whether your business booms or you win the lotto or you marry someone with money, you feel completely unworthy and undeserving of the money. So what do you do? You're like giving it away. You're giving it away. You're, you're spending it crazy. You're not saving. You're just like, I can't keep it in my pocket. It's burning inside of me because you feel guilty that you have more and other people that you love have less. Yeah. And it can get even more complicated too. Like I, I had a big thing. One of my traumas actually was in college. I went to New York University and it was a very diverse, you know, college population. And, you know, in freshman year, they just like pair you with a random roommate. And, you know, I went to NYU, like it's no secret. It's an expensive school, right? Yes. My parents paid for it. And I roomed with someone who was there on a scholarship and I didn't think anything of it. I just like went about my life. But at some point, a couple months into me living there, she became unsatisfied with how I was like keeping up with the cleaning schedule that she had established. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. I do not like to clean. I had a mean growing up. I do not like to clean. So I was absolutely failing at the cleaning schedule. Let me be completely Uh honest. But here's the trauma. She had like seven or eight of her friends that I had never met before. And they all packed into our tiny dorm room that we shared, you know, two twin beds, like 10 feet apart. All seven of her friends that I literally never met before, like lined up in my room and they all were staring at me. And then they like shouted at me and they were like, it was a hundred percent bullying. It was like, Yes. You haven't been doing this. Did you grow up with a maid? That makes sense. Like you need to get your stuff wow. together. Like you're not cleaning well. And like, it's kind of a silly thing because it's about cleaning. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's not really like, like on the surface, it doesn't sound that scary, but like, imagine like eight people, seven of which you've never met yelling at you. And like in that experience, I just felt like I was exiled. Right. When I mm. traced that trauma back, it felt like exile from the group exile from the tribe which in attachment trauma we need the tribe to survive right in that moment it felt like life or death to my body and my survival brain and so that was the trauma that I had to work through where it was like oh I I'm gonna be exiled if I have money and so you know with that belief and that trauma I was in that state of like giving it away or like allowing my expenses to be more than they really needed to be right more than I really desired them to be um, and having lower profit margins in my business. But then when I was able to look at that, it became really obvious, like, Oh, that was a trauma. That was something I experienced, but that's not really the truth. And I can, you know, hold myself in that and love myself in that and realize that I can be rich and still have a lot of amazing friends. Yes. 
Exactly. And I mean, having a maid, it's funny because you bring that up because I just posted the other day on like my a group that I my my cleaning lady was on vacation. I had to do my own laundry and I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, my God, like kind of like, you know, giving me shit. I'm Mexican. And so when I I started having a cleaning lady when I was single living in a small studio apartment. OK, it was a small four or 500 square foot apartment. And I had a cleaning lady. Why? Because I thought money is time. And if I wanted to make more money doing my side hustle, I can't spend six or seven hours cleaning my small studio because I'm a neat freak. I grew up with a mom who's a very like hoarder type person that keeps all kinds of trash everywhere. And like, I just did not like that environment. So I'm a complete neat freak. Like all the, what is it called? These little things over here. <laughs> um, all the, you know, everything needs to be wiped out. If you watch this on YouTube, you know what I'm pointing at. Baseboards, you know, all the baseboards need to be wiped down. The back of the toilet needs to be clean. Like all of the uh, blinds need to be removed with like dust. Like I'm really anal about cleaning. And so I was thinking to myself, I'm spending six to seven hours on the weekend cleaning my apart, my small studio apartment, because I'm so crazy anal about it. I could be making money and I could hire someone for a quarter of the price that I'm making for the weekend. Cause I used to do a side hustle of like doing, um, a wedding like photo booths for weddings mm. so I would make like four to five hundred dollars on a Saturday when I would just pay her 70 bucks so for the whole weekend I'd make a thousand dollars extra and I would pay her 70 dollars to clean my small studio apartment and I thought that was a bargain you know and then as I continued in my life I kept her she's been my cleaning lady for years and you know I added her doing the laundry because I was like that's just like a whole nother thing I don't want to do yeah and people are like oh my god you're Mexican don't you know you're the cleaning lady which is like racist in its own self yeah but at the same time it's like just because having a cleaning lady doesn't mean you're rich it's just you're putting different things into perspective mm -hmm. people spend you would think that people who are rich are, you know, have a cleaning lady, but then people who are still making it paycheck to paycheck are spending their money. I, when I was like, not thinking about like making more money to pay off my debt, I was spending a lot of my money at the bars yeah. in Las Vegas, you know, shopping, like we all are not like in alignment with how we're spending our money because it's all dysregulated in our body. There's a lot of trauma and overspending and underspending all has to do with our inner world. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And like for me, a lot of the the chasing money. So we're kind of talking about the the overspending and underspending. So there's also the pattern of like chasing money, which if you have a business, this is where we can get into like the attraction or the repelling dynamics with clients mm -hmm. and with money, right? So we've had the experience before. I'm gonna use dating as an example. We've all had the experience before, most likely, of you meet someone on a dating app or you go out with someone once and then they text you and it's like something about receiving their text just like makes you never want to pick up your phone again. You're like, oh, like, stop texting me. Like, no, like, go away. Stop it. Right. Like, it's so yeah. like we, we all have had that experience with someone in our lifetime in the dating world. Right. So we can also bring that dynamic to our businesses and to how we're selling and to whether or not we're actually attracting clients or repelling them. And so mm -hmm. when we're in this energy of chasing the client, right. Yeah. Or chasing the money in our business, 
when we're in that state, it's usually because we feel like something within us is missing, right? And we think that that thing over there, that client or that amount of money over there is going to finally complete us and make us. Yes. And so I had this big thing too, because I actually had a huge pattern with codependency of having to realize that I am complete right here. Like I am whole, like nothing, no amount of money is going to make me more complete. No amount of clients beating down my door to pay me is going to make me more complete or more whole, but the brain and the body for a long time thought that they would. And so Mm. that's another pattern that I started to heal within myself that really opened up so much more abundance. Yes. I love that you said that because People don't understand. They think that money is going to solve their problems, you know, and don't get me wrong. It will solve a lot of your problems and money does give you a lot of freedoms and a lot of choices that you didn't have in the past. But if you don't heal the inner inner world, like I said, you're going to be giving it away. You're going to be self-sabotaging. You're, it's going to be, it's just an added problem. I love Biggie, Biggie Small says more money, more problems, right? Yeah. If you don't solve the inner world first, right? So how, if you're if someone who is listening, what would you tell them? Like, obviously the first thing is to like locate that feeling in your body. How can you like, let it go? Like once you've located the feeling in your body, what yeah. do you do to actually let it go so that it no longer is that negative thought process holding you back? Yeah. So obviously this is something I do more specifically with my clients and my programs, but just a little nugget for anyone who's listening now to assist them in starting this process is you actually want to be this loving presence for the negative emotion, right? So I'll take it back to my bullying trauma. So the negative emotion there was intense fear, like intense fear, because again, it's like, it's almost like, you know, that image from movies or TV where it's like the witch hunt, right? And there's like the pitchfork and the torches, like that was like the physical reaction I was feeling in that moment when eight humans were yelling at me. And so for me, it was like intense terror, intense fear. And so I had to become this loving presence of acceptance for that terror and for that fear. And the unsexy answer is you have to actually feel it for a minute. Like you have to actually go there (laughs) and feel the terror that you didn't let yourself feel or that you shoved down or that you dissociated from in the moment. And Basically, the way I experience it is like you have to feel it to completion and then it loses its charge, Mm. right? It loses its energetic power. So now when I talk about that experience, I notice a little activation in my system. So I'll look at that later today, but it's not the same intense terror that I felt the first time I even realized that that was happening, right? So now it's like, ooh, I I noticed that that's still edgy for me, right? And we get to like build our resiliency with these different traumas and patterns so we can actually hold more money and expand our capacity to receive. But we have to be able to lovingly accept what's here. And if it's terror or if it's anger or if it's fear, we have to be in that loving acceptance of it instead of trying to fight it. Or like, I would try to like get mad at it and be like, you shouldn't be angry. You should be abundant, right? Like I would get mad at myself and be like, stop being fearful. Like you're supposed to be affirming that money is an infinite limitless resource right now. Yes. Right? <laughs> you try to like play 
everybody <laughs> saves with ourselves. But th the real medicine is, okay, I'm noticing fear. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be afraid for a minute. I'm going to let myself be afraid. And I know I'm at home. I know it's 2023 or whatever year you're listening to this. I know that I'm not actually in that experience that I'm feeling right now. And so I can be there with my past self and show that version of me that it's going to be okay, that she's going to get through it. And that I'm so sorry that that happened to her and that I wasn't there for her. Right. Like it's like inner child work. Like I always yes. think to myself, like, man, I wish I had been there for you because I would have been like, listen, they're bullying you. Go talk to the RA. Go tell mm -hmm. them what happened. Like, this yes. is not safe. You are not the problem. They are the problem, right? And so I, I have to be that like adult presence for my younger self and show her like, it's not your fault, right? Like, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. And you can forgive them because it's also not their fault, right? Like we're all innocent in this human experience. Yeah. So forgive yourself, forgive them. And this is how it gets to be moving forward. And I think the biggest part of this that creates the most transformation is knowing and feeling into and understanding that there's a different way of moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. So if the old pattern was, for example, if I'm rich, I'm exiled, right? And like the group abandons me, I'm all alone. If that was the old pattern, then it's being able to imagine and feel into in my body once I've felt the feelings of the negative experience that the new reality gets to be, oh, well, if I'm rich, I get to meet new people. I get to serve more people through my business. I get to speak on stages and serve 5,000 people at a time or 10,000 people at a time. I get to offer more things for free to help even more people. I get to create a much bigger impact and look at all my friends that I've, you know, met along the way. Look at all these beautiful people that I get to, you know, bounce ideas off of and learn and grow alongside with, right? So I have to like create that new paradigm for myself where I'm not exiled. I'm not all alone. There is people there to support me, even if I get the desired result, which is becoming rich. Yes. I love that because I, you know, I struggle with that too. It's like feeling like the more money I make, the more that I'm going to be exiled or pulled away from the people that I love and stuff. But, you know, some people are going to come with you and some people can't handle that. And the reason why they can't handle that is because they have to do their own healing with money and how they feel about it, because it's really important that's like such a big factor because when we talk to a lot of clients, one of the biggest things that everyone always says is, what do you want more? I want more money because they think money is going to solve their problems. But in reality, you have to really look inward and like heal who you are because money is going to come and go. It like, I love that someone said, instead of saying I'm spending money, say I'm circulating money because mm -hmm. money is money comes out and money comes in and you're going to have waves. It just, this is the way it is, you know, but I really want you to talk before we start ending this podcast, but I want to talk about how money is truly an energy and mm -hmm. how you could truly attract it into your life. And me and you were having this conversation in the kitchen about how randomly money appeared, you know, when yeah. on weird moments uh, for me and for you. And I, I love those, uh, those moments where you think like, 
there's no way money can fall from the sky. And then it freaking does. So tell us a little bit about how that works with uh, considering money as an energy versus like as a piece of paper or a paycheck or the number in your account. Yeah. So my understanding of this has definitely deepened and I'll share some of like the fun examples toward the end here, but I want to share the depth of understanding first. So my understanding is when we are able to witness our internal wealth, so the wealth within our body, the wealth within our being, the wealth within our soul, when we are able to witness and love on that and feel gratitude for that and cultivate that, just like we would self-love, then we have more capacity to receive money. And then, of course, things like your beliefs matter, things like your openness to receive matter. But... I have found whenever money has fallen out of the sky for me, whenever I walked up to my apartment and there was a check laying on the ground, like not even in my mailbox, it was laying on the ground with my name on it in front of my apartment door. Or when I went to a designer clothing store for the first time ever and like actually let myself buy something. And I, as I was buying it, I was making the declaration to myself that I wasn't going to struggle or suffer anymore. If I wanted something, I was going to let myself buy it. And I wasn't going to force myself to, you know, use my money in the way that like my parents approved of me using money. Right. Cause they never yeah. really were into designer clothes, for example. In that moment, $60,000 came into my account all at once for the first time ever in my life, right? So there have been these crazy moments where it's like, yeah, a large amount of money fell out of the sky. And like, there's no way like this check on the ground, like there's no way that I knew that that was coming or that I could have predicted that that was coming to me. And also like who in the world sends checks in the mail anymore? (laughs) And also it wasn't in the mail. It was on the ground. Like it was on the and you know why I was on the ground? Because I don't check the mail. And so yeah. the universe is like, she's not going to check the mailbox and she wants this money. We got to put it on the ground where yeah. she can't freaking miss it on the ground in front of her apartment, right? And so when we have these experiences where money falls out of the sky, in those moments, I have recognized it's because I was witnessing the wealth within myself. Mm. I was seeing that I was worth more than money. Yes. Like we put money up on this pedestal as the thing that we're chasing after, but you are worth more than money. I am worth more than money. Everyone on planet earth is worth more than money. And the more we can witness that in ourselves and love on ourselves Mm -hmm. and see that value that we already hold, whether money is visible or invisible to us in this exact now moment, the more those money falling out of the sky moments are going to happen for us because ultimately it's it's the law of attraction. Yes. If you feel more valuable and you know you're more valuable than money, then money is going to flood to you like a magnet because you were this like attracts like, right? Yes. So it feels so valuable internally in your own body, then an exchange of value, aka currency, aka money is going to flood toward you because you're an energetic match for it. But if you feel like money is more valuable than you, if you feel like you have to prove yourself for money, if you feel like you have to chase after money, then you are saying, oh, money's up here and I'm down here. Yeah. And so you're saying, I'm not worthy of it. 
And yes. so you're pushing it away. You're repelling it. You're saying, I don't get to have that yet. Yes. I have to do more things. I have to learn more things. I have to prove myself before I can have it. No, you don't. What you have to do is recognize that you are valuable now and really start to feel that in your system. Mm, I love that. It brings me the idea of like thinking about like Kim Kardashian, who obviously mm. thinks she's so valuable, right? And yeah. she's got, she's a billionaire and somebody who is homeless asking for a handout at the edge of the freeway. Their energies are two completely different, right? You know, this person is probably hunched back, not looking in people's eyes, like not dressed appropriately, just like feeling, you could feel the energy of a homeless person. They are so defeated in life and they don't believe that they're good enough or worthy, not even to have a roof over their head, you know? And so then you look at someone like Kim Kardashian who like, is like, I'm amazing. I'm abundant. I am beautiful. I am worthy. Like she's a billionaire and you can tell there's, it is all about the energy you carry within yourself. And I truly believe that, you know, I, I have a story too. When I was unemployed, you know, I was in that energy of just like, I'm such a loser. I lost my job. I'm on an unemployment, you know, and it wasn't until I started writing my gratitudes and being grateful for the things that I have and feeling like, Hey, I may not have this, but I could see and I could walk and I can talk and I have a roof over my head and I have a bed to sleep on and I have a car. It may not be the nicest car, but I have a car and I started to be more grateful. That's the law of increase, right? You yeah. start to be grateful for the things you have. And then all of a sudden, all these amazing things start happening to you. And I always think of the Bible verse and I'm not trying to be religious, but I always think of this. If God could feed the birds and the, and the animals and the, you know, have enough food for all of the, you, you never see like birds falling from the sky because they don't have enough food to eat, right? You never see like a deer on the side of the road because he just was famined and he didn't have any food to eat. Like there's plenty of food. There's plenty of abundance. When you walk out into the world, there's abundance everywhere. So why not? Why would God source the divine, the great I am, feed you or clothe you or give you what you want? It's all about whether or not you feel worthy enough to receive it because money is everywhere but do you feel worthy enough to receive it right because you could energetically block it from yourself yeah and i think a lot of people confuse so this is just a nuance i want to leave the listener with i think a lot of times we confuse the idea of oh well i want money i deserve money look how hard i work like i of course i'm worthy of money we can confuse that energy with the energy of money is my birthright. Like it doesn't matter what I do or what I don't do. I'm always worthy of money. And it doesn't matter what I use as evidence to prove that I deserve it. I am always worthy of money. In fact, I'm worth more than money. I'm worth so much more than money. I am source energy in human form. Of course, I'm worth more than money, right? Like money is just a shadow of value. And so if I can center into my value as a spiritual being having a human experience, then money has no choice but to come to me. Yes. <laughs> right? But if we're, if we're in the space of like, I work hard, I deserve it. Then we're actually coming from that space of I'm not worthy of it because I'm, yeah. I'm mad that money isn't here yet, which means I don't think I deserve it. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom for someone who's listening today? My nugget of wisdom, I'm going to take it back to that quote we said at the beginning, and then I have a free gift for your audience. Yay. So 
this this phrase has been jumping out at me and I don't know who said it, but Google it. Someone else said it. It's not my <laughs> phrase. Wherever you go, there you are. And I might be paraphrasing it a little bit. So wherever you go, there you are. So when you're interacting with your money, that's telling you something about yourself, right? Like when you're looking at your credit card or your overdrafted bank account or your lack of retirement funds or whatever your current money issue is that you're working to resolve, when you're looking at your money, you're seeing something that you believe about yourself unconsciously, right? Like unconsciously, like you're not to blame for this. Like you're not in trouble for this. Like it's not your fault, right? But it's information, right? So when I look at the past couple months in my business, full transparency, didn't make nearly as many sales as I was expecting. It all became clear now. I actually didn't have space for the types of programs I wanted to sell because we were traveling for six weeks me and my husband for his job search. And now that he has his job, like my entire yearly schedule is completely different than what I imagined it would look like. So universe was actually saving my ass by not (laughs) bringing me clients for these programs that I thought I wanted to sell because I'm completely changing everything now. Right. So when I looked at that experience of like, not as many sales as I was expecting, that was information for me. And when I looked at that, I realized oh, I'm not actually doing what I really want to be doing. Like I'm trying to sell things that I don't really, like my energy is not really behind this. I'm not really interested in this anymore. Why am I trying to sell this? I'm I'm not even wanting to buy it because I'm not even wanting to sell it, right? Yeah. So wherever you go, there you are. Everything is always telling you information about something you believe consciously or subconsciously about yourself. And it's not that you are to blame, but it's that you get to use that information to shift. You get to use that information to change the dynamic, right? And so we've been talking a lot about money, manifestation, all the things. I have an awesome free meditation for your Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So if you go to futureselfmeditation.com. I'm going to send you journal prompts that you'll do before the meditation, and then you'll drop in, do the meditation with me, and it allows you to tap into whatever that next level version of you is, right? So if you're scaling to six figures in your business, or you're wanting to find your dream partner or something, right? Like it really can be used for anything you're wanting to manifest. Mm -hmm. Um, So just go to futureselfmeditation.com and that's completely free. Perfect. Okay. So how can my audience find you? Okay, so main platform right now is Kristen.Cipriano on Instagram. I also just opened up something that I'm really excited about, which is a broadcast channel on Instagram. So it's kind of like I get to share wisdom with my my intimate broadcast chat community. And you guys get to receive like behind the, behind the scenes information and wisdom for me. So that's like kind of a new thing I'm doing on Instagram. And then I have a podcast, Soul Expansion Podcast. We finished season one a while back. Season two will come back later this year. And then my website is kristencipriano.com. Thank you again. All of our links are going to be in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. And if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. I read every single review and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it. If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. 
You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale underscore coach. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at fearlessfemale or find me on TikTok. I'm under at paola.rosser. Tune in next week. Goodbye.